Welcome to the Audit Room, the number one podcast where you can share your audit experiences, ask questions, and get expert coaching and feedback. Episodes are recorded live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Chicago Time, 12 noon New York, and 6 p.m. Berlin. So be sure to check the show notes to join our next meeting and get all your auditing questions answered. Now, here are our hosts, Trent Russell and Tracy Marquardt. This podcast is brought to you by Green Skies Analytics, the services firm that helps auditors leapfrog up the analytics maturity model. Their approach for launching audit analytics programs with a series of proven quick win analytics will guarantee the results worthy of the analytics hype. Whether your audit team needs a data strategy, methodology, governance, literacy, or anything else related to audit and analytics, visit greenskiesanalytics.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Quality Assurance Communication. If you're an internal auditor who wants to take your own or your team's communication skills and audit results to the next level, who wants to create more for yourself, your team, and your organization, no matter where you work around the globe, then check out Quality Assurance Communication at qacommunication.com. Hi, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining us live. Uh, this is Trent Russell, and this is The Audit Room. You can join us live to ask your questions every Tuesday at 11 Central Standard Time by connecting with Tracy Marquardt or myself on LinkedIn. Uh, again, I am your co-host, Trent Russell. I'm the founder of Green Skies Analytics, where we help launch internal audit analytics programs and internal audit data teams. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tracy Marquardt. Hey there, everybody. I'm coming to you live today from the IIA Canada Conference in Calgary. And I am all about audit communication. So if you want to talk about audit reports, you need some help uh, with communication skills for your team and get better leadership and productivity going on, do reach out. And I have to say, I'm really excited today to have uh, Sharon Mohip with us because Sharon and I have been talking for a while, trying to get her into the room. And um, Sharon is the Director of Internal Audit at Umana Gold Inc. And she's the SVP for the Toronto chapter of the IIA. Although I know there's a disclaimer coming, Sharon, not to worry. But we're excited because I know you're, we're gonna talk about, the, the topic is every internal auditor should have their CIA designation. And then I provocatively wrote in the background, or not. So this is what we wanna talk about today and see how that goes. So Sharon, welcome to the audit room. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Trent. And thank you for inviting me to speak today. Um, I'm really hoping that today I can maybe answer some questions for those attending and those who will be listening later on, on the importance of a CIA designation and maybe the process that's entailed. Um, for those of you who are listening out there, um, my comments today are my own as an internal audit professional, um, not necessarily that of my employer or as a leader for the IIA executive team here in Toronto. Um, but I do hope that the insights that I share today add to the conversation as I am pulling from my professional career, um, also being a member of the Institute and also, as you said, being a chapter leader for um, Toronto right now. So I'm happy to be here today and address anything that you need. Well, welcome. And be before we jump into the first question, I wanted to mention um, we had An Anthony Pugliese uh, give our opening presentation yesterday and this the topic of CIA came up quite often and there's a whole separate booth here of course uh, on how you can you know enroll to get your CIA so I think it's a really important topic really important to the profession so I'm, I'm glad that uh, that we can address it today yeah and I feel like every 
like audit community group that I've become part of, at least online, within like a week, it's just like CIA questions. <laughs> so there's always a CIA question in there. Um, but Sharon, why do auditors get their CIA? Why, why do so many folks get that and feel like they need to have that? Well, as you asked the question, honestly, the first thing that popped to mind, that first reaction moment is to stand out. So that's the short answer. I would say it's to stand out. But for me personally, I got my CIA designation because I wanted the opportunity to credentialize my knowledge and also to ensure that I had the skill sets necessary to discharge my professional responsibilities. And so for me personally, throughout the years, as I've changed employers, changed roles, I've obtained different designations and different certifications. And I've been asked by some, are you collecting letters? I'm, and and yeah. the answer is no, honestly, I'm not collecting letters. But for me, I really wanted to make sure um, when I changed a role or had differing responsibilities to something that was new or maybe something that was not something I originally thought I was going to do, that I really picked up the skill sets to to do my job to the best of my abilities. Um, I think if I sit back and I think about what I'm saying to you, ultimately, I think it left me with a sense of security and a sense of confidence as well. And I think for myself, and I, I would think for some of you that may be listening today as internal audit leaders um, who may be recruiting or hiring, if you see those letters uh, on a CV that you're reviewing or that someone has enrolled in the program to obtain it, I think it offers that same sense of security and confidence in the candidate that you're looking at um, because it shows a level of dedication to the profession at the end of the day. I, ha I have to say when I'm on LinkedIn and people announce that they have their CIA based on the caption that they've written, I feel so relieved for them because it seems like it was such an effort and such a commitment to actually get this. So it's really quite remarkable, remarkable I think, that people are self-motivated and they have a desire to to achieve the CIA on their own. Yeah, it's one of those I, where even if you don't know the person, you're like, yep, like it, love it. You know, it's just like you're just happy for them. Yeah. Well, I know like when I took the CISA um, while taking the test, there was this acronym CCTV, closed circuit television, which is basically like security cameras. And I was like, I, I, as much as I've studied, I still have no idea what this acronym is. And so then later on, I learned about it. But is there something maybe similar from like what you could learn from studying for the CIA versus what you can't from experience? No, absolutely. I think I'll call it CIA learning. Um, I think it offers it offers a lot, uh, especially because the standards of the Institute are underpinned by the IPPF, the International Professional Practices Framework in the Code of Ethics. And um, it's one set of rules, a, a, let's call it rules of engagement for the profession. And it's fully transferable and recognized globally. And I think that's one thing that that is maybe not known by a lot of people out there, that this is one of the few professional accreditations that is globally recognized. Cool. So it really does create a commonality amongst all internal auditors that hold this designation across the world. You're, it, it offers that, that grounded position for anybody. And if you're a mobile professional, it's great to have because it will take you further anywhere you go. 
is it kind of like a PhD in auditing? <laughs> anyway, anyway, I also think there's certain things that come naturally to an auditor that maybe you can't naturally teach, but I do think that the CIA learning that is out there helps to maybe hone and focus some of these things. Um, for example, it's not just when you write these exams, to do the CIA, it's a three-part exam and it is not solely standards focused. Um, the different parts, yes, there is a technical component, but there is also a component on core business concepts like business acumen, risk management. Um, there's also a component that teaches you about manage, managing an audit activity or how do you plan and perform an engagement? What does good communication look like? I think all of these things help you to hone and focus some of those skills that might naturally sit within, intern, within an internal auditor, um, like the, the powers of observation. I think that's one thing. I, I'm in as, as an auditor, I'm an observer. I'm an observer of numbers. I'm an observer of behavior. I'm an observer of process and control. Um, it's all there. But some of that foundational skill set that you obtain when you're learning and prepping for your CIA, it's going to help you really refocus um, some of those skills. And I think also something you can't really teach, but I think ingrained in every good auditor is a healthy dose of curiosity. And I think a well-performing audit shop also has that curiosity in its foundation and in, in its activities. Absolutely. Yeah, there's usually the the conflict, like what traits make a great internal auditor and curiosity is one that um, I guess is maybe one of my favorites, especially working with data. Like if you're not curious about it, you're not going to ask the question of the data and then go do the actual analysis. So I love when for those that are listening and didn't see me as soon as she said curiosity, I smiled and pointed at her. So I, I love that answer. Uh, so being globally recognized is something I've never really thought about as being a benefit, but I think it's a fantastic point. Um, what are the, some of the other benefits relative to how it would help an auditor in their career by having a CIA? Well, as I mentioned, international recognition is, is I think, one of the key benefits for sure in that transferability. But I mean, if we talk about the ABCs of surviving, it, it also has the opportunity for potential higher salaries. Um, but I think one of the things that people don't think about, it's maybe the credibility and the respect that gets attracted from holding holding that designation. Um, from a recent Institute survey, IA survey, uh, they had 94% of the audit leaders that they valued the CIA over other designations. Nice. So I, I think, I think it's, it's a, it's a great, little tidbit from that survey. I'm sure there are differing, differing reasons amongst that percentage, but um, when I had read that a little while ago, it, it sort of stuck with me. <laughs> stuck with me. So I apologize. I'm not sure how old that stat is, but um, then, yeah, it's and it, it, it makes sense. But I, I you know, you know, I, I just came back from 20 years in Europe and, and there's a real difference. Uh, you know, being here at the conference, everyone who has a CIA has it printed on their name card. Um, and there's quite a few, and the, but in Europe, I think there seem to be seem to be fewer. And I know, um, you know, just from the breadth of clients that I have, you have different different groups of auditors. I would say you have career auditors, you have rotation in auditors, or you have maybe the older auditor. I hope I don't offend anyone by saying that, but they've had their career in the business. They know the business inside out or a particular aspect of the business. 
And then they go into internal audit and that expertise is super important to the success of, of the audits and the value we can bring to the business. And I, I, I would think a CIA would be more interesting for the career type auditor. Does that make sense? It does, but I, I really think you can get your CIA at any point in time, whether you're a student or you're a leader. I really think that opportunity is there. And, and by virtue of that, the Institute has created different ways that you can actually get this designation. Um, you can actually, if you hold your CPA or CA, you can write the challenge exam. So instead of writing the three-part exam, you can do a singular exam um, that solely covers the topics that wouldn't have been in your CPA or CA syllabus. So there's an opportunity to fast track um, obtaining that additional accreditation. But I'm stepping back to what you were speaking about, Tracy, I, I do agree with you in the sense that I do believe internal auditors have a less obvious benefit from being in that role. And that benefit is having that full line of sight to the organization that they work for. Really, you you don't have any, you don't or you shouldn't have any barriers to the organization. And that full line of sight, it creates this deep knowledge that I, I think is recognized by by employers and potential future employers if you've had that opportunity. Um, I myself in my past experience and current experience see internal audit, like our audit shop, as a breeding ground for future organizational leaders. And in my previous experience and in current experience, when one of my auditors has been on site and has been poignantly able to provide value-added recommendations, show their business acumen, show their knowledge of the business itself and how how practically it operates and operates well, as well as having those communication skills, they've been snapped up by the business before the audit report gets out the door. Shit. You know, and then was, I've also been very lucky to see uh, with a previous employer, a rotational audit program that was very successful. So yeah. beyond the auditors having the opportunity to learn the business uh, more directly by, by being in operations, the knowledge that has come in from those that have rotated in has been has been great as well. Yeah. Um, and I and I do think maybe a little less known, um, the Institute also has an internal audit practitioner designation. And <laughs> that is a temporary designation, which I think is an interesting an interesting take on how to get people ready for a career in internal audit. But it's a singular exam that you can take and you can take it as a student, you can take it as a rotational auditor, but it ensures that you have the aptitude ready to put you into career for internal audit. And it's it's good for three years. It's non it's non-renewable and it doesn't require you to have certified professional education credits, but it's a great way to get your feet wet and a great way to start your path to getting the CIA. It, it- sounds like a great way and i know when you said like other other designations can just do the one test i'm thinking boy if i was going to do that one test i mean i did my cpa a long time ago i'd have to go back and study i might be better off doing the three-part exam so um at what stage would you ideally get your cia because i i can tell you what i heard at the conference at the opening session yesterday but i want to hear your perspective first i really think it's it's open. You can get your CIA at any point. I, I think if you already have 
a predilection to an accounting or an auditing profession, maybe from the external side, which is often more thought of from students uh-huh. being in the big firms and, and, and running running that profession or going through that profession. Um, if you start the process of trying to get your CIA as a student, which you can, you fully can, um, you can capture the benefits of having that designation from the beginning of your career. But I do think if you're an established professional, it, it shouldn't stop you. That credentialization um, is always there and it's advantageous at the end of the day. And I think realistically, if anybody's out there and just looking for that change in career and it's something that they're thinking about, because I, I know, again, throughout my years, different employers, I've had people approach me during an audit, after an audit, asking a bit more about what we do, because what we were doing as internal audit wasn't what they thought we would be doing. Um, so that curiosity is there. But if someone has the drive and the determination to start a new career or change a career, I think you can plant those roots at any point in time. Okay. So whether you're a student or you're you're an established professional in or outside of the accounting or auditing world, I think it's viable. Um, but there there is, I think, that benefit of longevity if you're if you're thinking about it as a student. Yeah, and what I heard yesterday. Sorry, I'm just Go gonna ahead. say what I heard yesterday at the opening ceremony or the opening keynote is I feel like from that, there's going to be a push to encourage university students to go after the CIA earlier um, in their career. Now, I don't know what will happen in the end, um, but it was an interesting part of the conversation because I could really connect it to what we were going to talk about today. That's what, similar to the comment, (laughs) excuse me, I was going to make. I know of some universities that have internal audit um, programs and part of it is like the class, I don't know what they call the class, but it basically preps you to take the CIA. Uh, and I feel like they're, you know, it's something like 60% of their folks graduate with a CIA or something to that effect uh, before making out. So I, th- I always thought that was an interesting way to do it. Um, I think they've done something similar with other ones, but um, there was a question in the chat from Nicola Ashinake. Um, She said, recent IA global surveys showed under 35 were the biggest group leaving internal audit. Do you think the CIA is a barrier to succession and internal audits survival? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I, I would say, depending on where you are in the world, I think the recognition of the designation or the importance of the designation may may be different. Um, and internal audit shops operate in in different environments. An internal op- audit shop can be control based can be operationally based financial based it it depends on what the shop is is meant to do um as i said i i would i would think and i would be hopeful that maybe some of the turnover in the department is happening um based on that conversation we had previously about yep. ia being a, being a breeding ground for operations because if you if you think about it if you spent some time in audit and you've established yourself in an organization that that age range that was spoken of in the survey is sort of that natural position where someone might get picked up by operations and and um, taken in taken into the folder in a different manner. So what if what let's say you um, you aren't one of those folks that has the CIA. Relative to being a CAE, do you think it's necessary? Uh, do you think it's important? If you were maybe a way to put this, if you were hiring all things being equal you're going to go CIA versus non-CIA on the CIE front? 
So you mean hiring a CIA if you're if you're looking if you're looking for the designation as you're recruiting? Um, for a CAE, for the yeah. CAE position. For the CAE position. So for the CAE position, um, I think there's value for sure in having the CIA, CIA designation, but don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there, there are not successful CAEs that don't have the designation, but I think what the CIA offers with in combination with the C, with a CAE is just having that, that opportunity to speak the same language as your team. Um, CAEs are not always career auditors. Um, they can be part of risk management. They can be part of finance. They 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 could be they could be in various aspects of an organization. But having that foundational knowledge set that the CIA could offer just lets you speak the same language as your as your auditors. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like Tracy, being the communication expert, would uh, agree that you need to be able to speak the same language. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always it's always interesting when the CAE is is a non audit professional. And some of them were very very successful, and I think others struggle a little bit. Yeah, because they just don't have the background, and depending on how they like to function, how they like to get involved, uh, the more they like to get involved, the better. I think. Yeah, for the team and for the results that they bring. Chaz has an interesting question in the chat. Like auditors, we know what we're talking about. You see somebody on LinkedIn, hey, I passed my CIA. Even if you don't know that person, you hit them up, hey, congrats. Um, so I think most of us know the value of having a CIA and what that means. But what about the folks outside of audit? Do you think we could be doing more there to kind of educate them on, hey, this is a CIA and this is what it means and this is why you know it, it's a big deal or, or why it's important? Um, I feel like we're kind of doing that, you know, I feel like hopefully some people were scrolling through as we were promoting today's episode that aren't in the profession. They're going, what the hell is a CIA? Um, and so maybe they looked into it a little bit more, but uh, what, what do you think about that? Is that is that something you feel like we should be making a priority? I, I think we should. And I think we are I, from the Institute perspective. I think showing the value of internal audit services as a whole is always, is always important. Um, because often the auditor is looked at as financial police or, mm-hmm. you know, a policing mechanism within the organization. But if you can establish yourself as a trusted advisor instead of a policing component of your organization, the benefits to having that internal audit shop, audit shop just goes through the roof. People will now start to approach you for assistance, for your guidance to be involved with projects, to make sure that things are being planned appropriately and covering the aspects of risk and control that audit might might have a concern about in the development of a new aspect of a process or a control per se. Um, but I think as a whole, if we just step back again, as you sort of said from that LinkedIn perspective, yes, I think, I think generically out there, People think auditors are auditors, and most of the time, people the the average person will think tax. <laughs> thinks we're thinks we're looking at tax. So I do think there is an educational component that is there, and I know that we actively advocate for the profession um, throughout the the institutional organization of the IIA. And I know one of the focuses that we have with our chapter is working with the academic institutions. Um, to make sure that students understand that there is 
there is a difference between external audit and internal audit. As auditors, we all share a common skill set, but there is a, a refocusing of of the prioritization of what we are doing as an internal auditor or as, as or as an external auditor that does have a difference, a difference to it. And um, sometimes it's not obvious when you're just starting out and trying to figure out where you want to go in your career. Yeah. I feel like we should put in our email signatures, like you're talking about your the alphabet or whatever that comes after your name. Show them put CIA and then in bold, not CPE, even if you are a CPE, because I feel like they think CPE, you know, internal audit, you must be in accounting and you must be doing tax yeah. or something. And I think that would like call it out. Like, what do you mean not CPE? Like, well, it's a little bit different from what we're doing. Tracy, I know you got to uh, jump soon. Do you, do you have I, a, a final question, comment? I, I I don't. I think we've covered all the things that I wanted to cover. Um, so I'm going to gonna let you guys close it out while I get ready to give my presentation here in Calgary. So I want to thank everyone and thank you, Sharon. And um, I'll see you guys soon. Okay. I'll just slip out quietly. All right. Thanks, Ruthie. Good luck. Thank you. Something I always see, uh, and we can kind of start to wrap things up on our end though, is always somebody wants to know like the tip or how do I pass my CA? That seems to be the question is like, is there a course I can take? How do I pass? If, if we have someone, I know in looking at who we have in the audit room with us, uh, a lot of experience in here, so it might not be appropriate or uh, for the folks here, but definitely folks that are gonna listen to the podcast. Is there a good place to start what relative to studying for the CIA? Well, the materials are always out there, so one can, can absolutely do self-study. Um, each of the institutes um, also have the opportunity to provide um, the CIA learning platform, which is offered through through headquarters. Um, so there is learning through the institute itself as prep. Um, but we also affiliate ourselves with with other other providers of educational and instructional instructional material um, that can help people prep for it. So there are there are lots of ways to do that in the background. It just needs to, I would probably suggest if someone is getting ready to study for this to really think about how they learn best and then picking the right platform to assist your study process. Yeah, I love that. And we've talked to, I can't remember if we did it on this this podcast or another one, but Sabine Charles, sorry, Dr. Sabine Charles now. Uh, and that's like her thing is she helps you not only CIA, CPE, other designations, but um, she helps you figure out like what's your best way to study so that you can do that. And everyone's a little bit different. So I think that was a great answer. Um, like Sharon, I will uh, throw it to you as kind of the last word. We, we've hit on uh, the CIA and I feel like a decent amount of depth, but if there's any closing remarks you have, then I will throw the floor to you. No problem. Thank you. Um, I think I said it previously, but um, if, if you have the opportunity to start working towards your CIA as a student, if that's something that interests you and you see value in it, I think you will capture the benefits of that designation from the start of your career. But I don't think anyone should shy away from obtaining this designation as an established professional. Um, I myself, I acquired my CIA designation after I had the opportunity to work within an internal audit activity on a temporary basis, but I saw the immediate value add from my efforts and it completely changed my perspective on the profession and, and created my personal preference to to perform internal audit work. Um, so I think if I had to wrap it up in a nutshell, I really do believe that operational experience paired with the CIA designation 
it's a winning combination. 